Meow. Welcome to the Cattoons Podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Crowley. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about the stories behind my songs, the production tools that I've used, the production methods that I've employed, the instruments that I've played, the instruments that I've discovered, the arrangement methods that I've used, the real-life stories which precipitated the creation of my entire albums or of my separate tracks. So let's jump right into it, shall we? And uh, welcome, you're listening to the Captain's Podcast. This is episode 86, and today we're going to be talking about a rather peculiar song uh, by the name of 69th of May, from the same album, Through the Gehenna, which is released on Spotify currently as the Out of Gehenna album. So, where do I start? The, the whole song... Um, first of all, thematically, the song's uh, the song is about being not in your right place. It is about being forced into a set of circumstances, which not only forced into a set of circumstances you don't want to be in, but also having to pretend uh, or having to contend, at the very least, with those circumstances and. Um, you know, you don't want to be there. Of course, this is about a quasi-relationship that I used to be in. Or I I like to call it a situation. It, I don't even see it as a relationship. It's from, uh, from a while ago, years and years ago. And I'm not going to go into detail about this. I've talked about it somewhat, somewhere... Uh, in some detail, so I don't feel like I really have to or need to rehash this. But the bottom line is that this song it summarizes thematically, uh, and it, it's kind of a very sarcastic song with some very dark undertones. And it sarca sarcastically remarks that basically, if you are stuck uh, and you're forced to contend and lie and pretend um, in order to survive a certain situation and you're not getting out of it, then the 69th of May will never happen. Uh, the 69th of May is used as a metaphor for an impossible date, an impossible day uh, in the future, which might never come to pass at all. So the future, your future, if you are stuck in a situation, becomes the 69th of May. Under a normal set of circumstances, when the future is being built and anticipated, and when you're not stuck, and when you're not forced to um, pretend to be s someone who you are not, um, the future, you know, is business as usual. It occurs when it occurs, and when you work on that future, you know that it's going to be a good day in the future, right? But when that is being disrupted, and when instead of building a future, instead of living your life 
you're forced to live someone else's life um, for whatever set of dire circumstances. Uh, what happens is that your real future, the future that you really could have had, becomes an impossibility. And it becomes as impossible and ridiculous in its impossibility as something like 69th of May. 69th of May doesn't exist, right? So, uh, thematically, that's what the song is about. Now, musically, uh, musically, this song basically was born out of a vocal exercise. Um, a triad, a minor triad that I used to play, uh, and a repeating note. And I was, I was training some breath, um, a breath exercise at the same time. Uh, and uh, I was, I was giving some scales to my students. Um, I was teaching them some scales, and I was using those scales for a vocal exercise. Uh, I don't exactly remember in detail what precisely was the vocal exercise about. Was it about the different different attack? Was it about a soft vs hard attack on the vocal cords, or was it something else? I don't precisely remember, but I do remember that uh, musically this intro, which you will hear very soon um, as we dive into the music analysis, that intro comes from a vocal exercise, that's all it is. And then after that, I don't know, that vocal exercise was probably playing in my head for like two or three days straight and I couldn't get get it out of there and then probably I slept on it uh, and uh, heard a uh, chord progression that kind of attached itself to this um, otherwise very primitive melody. And um, then that came together somehow and then I just went ahead and wrote a very weird, musically strange, uh, disturbed um, song. Because 69th of May, musically speaking, it's uh, not a smooth, nice little song at all. It's uh, based on some sort of um, bizarre concoction of a breakdance beat with a drum and bass beat, with a chopped uh, jungle beat, something like this. And it's all kind of glitchy and kind of barely functional. Let me put it this way. It's kind of barely functional. And that's how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be kind of tattered and torn, barely holding its stuff together, because that's what the song is about. Hence, uh, the rhythmical disturbance, the... Um, I don't know if there is such a word, neurosity, from the word neurotic, the neuroticism of uh, the rhythmic patterns and the darkness of it. And yes, it also utilizes Phrygian minor. But overall, that's the things that I wanted to highlight about this song. And uh, I think it was written back in uh, 2010. I believe it was probably one of the last songs, if not the last song, that was written for this album. Uh, or maybe it was 2009. I may read on the side of uh, uh, that it was late 2009, early 2010. And the reason why I'm kind of wondering, and I don't have a precise date, is because uh, I've had several hard drives that burned. And um, then I was copying files over. I had backup of 
backup folders, I had a backup hard drive, and uh, the dates of the, you know, the dates reflected uh, in those files, uh, which were kind of moved around, uh, not are not always accurate, are not exactly, um, well, this file, for example, you know, this song file, project file, tells me that the, that it was created in 2013, but that is not true because the song was written in 2009 or 2010, but definitely not in 2013. Um, so, sometimes it gets kind of murky and it's difficult to establish, you know, so I'm pulling from memory. Uh, anyways, with this, with this out of the way, let's move on to the music analysis and see what we got there. All right, let's move on. So the song is in the key of A minor, and the BPM is 120. I don't know if I'm going to replicate the BPM accurately, but, you know, I will try. So, the original vocal exercise was... Something to that effect. So it was about, probably it was about short notes about breath support and about soft um, soft attack. I guess that's what it was, because... It was about short, um, short rapid attack. Um, and then it became the intro to this song which sounds like this. And kind of the song starts with this one note, almost one note intro, slowly out of the filter and then the drums sort of kick in. Let's listen to, uh, from the very beginning, and all the way till, uh, all the way uh, till the end of the first hook, and then I will comment. All right, because otherwise you guys won't know what am I exactly talking about. Let's listen.
So, you just, as you heard it, the basically everything is built upon this one simple, very monotonous keyboard riff that starts in the very beginning, right? And then there is a little bit of bass, uh, of a bass line that, uh, that is added to it. And surprise, surprise, we're in Phrygian minor. And repeats twice, so... Uh, and this is something that's going on on the intro, uh, 6T9 of May, these uh, little chopped up words in the beginning. So there is a B flat major. This riff remains the same, it goes kind of in, it's dissonant to the chord progression, right? So we have a B flat major plus 7, A minor, F major, D minor, A minor, C major, F major, 7, B flat major, plus 7, A minor, F major, D minor, A minor, C major, D minor, minus 7, 9. So this is the basis of the intro, and then it, it, the entire verse hinges upon this. Yes, the verse, the verse, of course, has a different kind of feel to it, and has you know various embellishments, and the piano part kind of deviates over here and there, and then the the bass line, the synth bass line, is doing something like that, you know, etc., etc. But at the very core, these are the chords that continue all the way up leading to the hook and then on the hook we have another element which is all of a sudden drastically different and again this hook is derived from a vocal exercise it is um and it's just a simple scale it's an a minor harmonic um scale that's all it is <laughs> starts with an F major, F major plus 7 is the first chord, but the melody starts with an A and goes upwards to the upper A. Then there is, uh, I would say it's an A minor on the base of E, rather. This is a D minor, uh, minus 7. Then there's a D flat major, plus 7. E major, into an A minor. Then again, F major, plus 7. Which turns into an F minor because of the melody. Then 
then in the bass we have an E, and up here I would see it as an A minor with passing uh, melodic notes. This is D minor with a few reiterations, and that is because of the descending uh, melodic line. So it is a minus seven, then it is a plus six, whatever, it doesn't matter, it's a D minor. Then I'd say it's an F minor with a diminished fifth. But one can see it as a, as an inversion of the diminished seventh chord, basically, if you so desire. I don't think it is because of this passing C there. It becomes kind of an F minor. So this is the hook. this the song continues with the second verse with even more bizarreties in stock for you because now the piano plays some crazier stuff and there's some more passing strange chords including stuff like in a minor right all of a sudden we have stuff like this this first chord was an F sharp uh, major plus seven chord. Uh, but the bottom line is the same and it continues. After that, 
uh, after the second verse, we're moving into the final hook, which is exactly the same as I just explained, right? Only this time it's a doubled hook, and there is an, an additional uh, harmony vocal that joins the main melody. So something something like this, and there's like a like a third that harmony vocal sits. Um, uh, creates a third to the main vocal. I don't So there is a um, there is a third that is added to the main vocal. That's the only difference. Other than that, it's basically the same story. Well, it gets kind of reinforced, you know, a little bit more drums, a meteor bass, I'd say. And then after that, uh, there is an outro which uses the same chord progression that was used in the hook, and it repeats itself twice again. And at top of this, at least in the original, uh, there is a piano kind of ad lib improvisation. Uh, which again was programmed at the time it wasn't played, it was programmed. And on top of that there is kind of a fade-out outro vocal section. And that's it, basically. That's the music analysis of the song. As you can see, it's uh, extremely simple, even though it sounds very weird, but it is a relatively short song, it's like 3 minutes 43 seconds. Um, usually my songs last for at least 5 minutes, 5-6 five, minutes or something, that's the average I guess, but 143 that's like really short so it's a short one the structure is straightforward uh, even though the music seems to be complicated it's not really there's a lot of passing stuff there's a lot of added kind of jazz things and uh, sometimes some very dissonant uh, intervals that's what makes it sound kind of obnoxiously complicated but it's not the reality is is that it's not so, uh, with that being said, let's move on to the next section, shall we? So, as you can see, it's, um or rather here, it's not really that complicated, as I said before. It's not really a complicated song. It has a few twists, uh, and it is um, strange as compared to the surrounding tracks, because 
All the surrounding tracks, they use more of a conventional approach, and they're not as broken, and they're not as twisted as this one. This particular song, I think, just has a weird conflation of flavors to it. Musical flavors. It kind of alludes to... I've had some... Some people pointed out that musically, it occasionally reminded them of System of a Down, even though it's not a a rock song at all. But it kind of the feel of it is on the hooks, I guess. Um, but at the same time, the way the verses flow, they are not even hip-hop, kind of breakbeat, drum and bass, jungle, something. Um, and in, in whichever case, I guess this song is highly experimental. And um, I think that because it is about a very specific thing, and at the time, um, I, I just saw it this way. I just wanted to express those emotions and those feelings that I was experiencing. I wanted to express them in such a bizarre way, because it was a very bizarre, very obnoxious, very uncomfortable situation. So, this is, you know, why the song turned out this way. That's just what happened. But anyways, it's not a very complicated song, like one of my longer tracks from the Overcome album, for example. Um, or something more sophisticated, like from Natural Grotesque. No, it's, um, it's, it's a relatively simple track, with relatively straightforward lyrics, and relatively straightforward music, and with a conclusive hook, which is basically just a, uh, an A minor, an A... A harmonic A minor scale, and that's all it is. Uh, and some lyrics, and um, some emotion. That's all it is. So, if you haven't heard this song before, uh, and if you haven't heard any of my music at all, of course I want to invite you to check out uh, my music on any major streaming platform. Uh, just look for Catherine Corelli, Catherine with a C, Corelli with a C. Uh, and um, find something for yourself. I have some lighter music, I have some heavier music, something darker, something lighter, um, or brighter, should I say. Um, you can find me on Deezer, on Spotify, on Apple Music, on Amazon, and even on YouTube. Um, and uh, you might also want to check out my uh, Catherine Corelli YouTube channel. Uh, check me out. I have two major playlists that are going on all the time. One is Cat Talk, where I'm not talking about music, or rather, I rarely talk about music on this playlist, on this series. But I have another one called Cat Vibes, which is a very casual playlist where I have, I usually upload the videos uh, of my recording process, recording guitars or drums or keyboards or even vocals. And um, also casual footage of just, you know, just casual footage, you know, kind of a vlog thing. So check it out. Um, you can find my official channel on YouTube. And another thing is that I want to invite you to check out my other business, which is which is called Southern Caracal uh, Skin Health and Aromatherapy. Uh, we specialize in uh, all-natural products, and for, for, for the vast majority uh, of that, this these are oatmeal and honey soap bars um, of various with various flavors all natural oatmeal and honey soap bars and um, shampoo bars 
also lotions and aromatherapy soaps. So this is like the vast bulk of all of our products consists mostly of this. This is what we're focusing on. Uh, if you have problematic skin, if you have dry skin, psoriasis, eczema, um, or just dry skin, or your skin is unbalanced, or is too oily, or something along those lines, our soap can help uh, restore the normal pH balance of your skin and can help treat your ailments. So check us out. Reach, uh, <laughs> reach out. Um, go to our website, southerncaracol.com. Southern, uh, from the word south, caracol, C-A-R-A-C-A-L, dot com. Uh, pick something for yourself or for your friends and family, and the skin, uh, your skin and the skin of your friends and family will thank you later. And with that being said, uh, I'll be wrapping up this episode. Thank you very much for being with me. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you listening to me. If you like this podcast, please follow me. Uh, and uh, share this podcast with uh, someone you think might appreciate it. And um, with that being said, uh, have a wonderful weekend, and you will hear me on the next episode. Arr-